Welcome to another uh, edition of my Untitled Podcast. Uh, I have with me Sean Knight, uh, the other half of the, the Knight duo. Um, Sean is currently on tour. I believe he's in Texas right now, uh, or around there, uh, on tour with Battlecross and Superjoint. Uh, so, Sean, thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a little, little background on, on who you are and, and what you do. Who I am and what I do. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, ever since I was a kid in, I guess, middle school, was doing, starting to get into doing music. And at the same time, somebody obviously had to draw the, the tape covers, tapes at the time, and flyers for shows. And so I've kind of, ever since I was, yeah, probably 13 or 14, I've been, uh, on this path of uh, parallel path of uh, music and art that's generally related to music and uh, went to art school where'd you go to school after I went to uh, CCS in Detroit okay yep and went there they're mostly known for uh, automotive design that's the big thing but then they also have a really good uh, graphic design program there so I went there um, and that would have been Ninety-six through two thousand. Okay. And wasn't really doing anything too serious with music then, but I was, you know, just doing a little like bedroom recordings and and little crappy grind bands. I would go out and play two shows, and that'd be about it. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, after school, I got a job in uh, Connecticut at an ad agency. I was doing stuff for like Weight Watchers and Citibank, things like that. And really, that was a uh, yeah, yeah. Veronica and I moved. Basically, we weren't married yet, but we were, had been dating for a couple of years through college, and uh, and I got this offer for a job right out of school, and we just said, "Fuck it, let's let's check this out." And and uh, yeah, so we traveled uh, out there, didn't know anybody, and uh, spent spent about a year there, and with mixed results, you know. Sometimes on the East Coast, it seems like it's a little harder to to just make friends yeah. now, people aren't quite as you know I know it's a <laughs> kind of a stereotype but obviously people in the Midwest are known for their friendliness and sometimes East Coast wasn't quite as much not to say that we didn't make any friends but it was just uh, you know it was, it was it was an interesting time it was the best basically the best part was just living like 45 minutes outside of New York and uh, so we could like on the weekends just like take a train down and go see you know some crazy bands playing in the city and, and that was that was nice to have that as an option and uh it was yeah did that for a year and then we moved back to michigan and uh ever since then i've been doing making music with people from the uh metro detroit area and working uh here and there you know ad agency type places also in the area how do you I'm trying to think of, you said uh, you were in school from like 96 to 2000. Uh, yeah. So around that time, like computer technology obviously would have uh, seen some leaps and bounds from where it went. Were you, with your schooling, did you find that like you were kind of catching, learning how to do stuff like the old way, but still kind of having a foot in where the direction was going? Or had it kind of already been yeah. established with the multimedia stuff at that point? It was, it was, it was right during that. It, it was an interesting time to, uh, to be going there because my right when I was yeah at the very beginning of my college time it was uh, it was a lot of a lot of the teachers had been there for you know 
whatever decade or two at that point, you know, and they were all very much from the old school. And so my initial classes were basically uh, focused on that kind of the, the old tech. And then right in the middle of my, my college uh, career, they, they had uh, had some of the teachers retire and brought in new people. And, um, and so, yeah, it wasn't like, I didn't touch a computer the first year of college, which is kind of, kind of fucking bizarre, you know, <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, but, but I'm really happy about it because like I had class, like typography classes where we were literally drawing each letter like out and trying to make them as accurate as possible so that when it was shrunk down and placed on an ad, you like couldn't tell, you know, so there's that kind of thing that, uh, people that were maybe a couple years younger than me missed out on and uh and i think it gives you sort of a uh, more of a, a sense of appreciation for certain things like letter forms and and uh the intricacies of design work and uh and and just the, the idea of having to focus on something that long you know the putting in patience and and uh and and so many hours on something that you know, seems so simple, but, uh, so it was, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I remember I was in class. I had a intro to web design class and they said very first thing, they're like, okay, who here does not have a email address yet? And <laughs> I was one of the people that raised my hand cause there was like, I don't need this email thing. I don't even know anybody on email. Who am I going to talk to on email? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so we all, whatever, pulled up Yahoo or whatever the hell. And, uh, got our first email addresses probably most of them probably had our birth years in them you know that kind of stupid shit and uh <laughs> and that was yeah so it was that was a very uh, interesting time to be a uh, it was definitely a a uh, transitionary period um how was your penmanship then since you had to learn how to probably do a lot of like hands-on stuff i feel like your penmanship it's, would probably be better than most yeah it's decent it's <laughs> i think it's getting worse <laughs> over the years but i've kind of learned to embrace it and now you know and a lot of times for like album art or posters or something i'll i'll just be writing stuff out and uh on my own so i'm trying to yeah trying to just embrace whatever whatever the hell it is that's naturally coming out um at any point do you with because you said that like the being in bands and doing something creative uh, always kind of went hand in hand. Did you find that you, anything that you were working on within a band ever crossed over into some of your design work or even vice versa? Um, I can't, I'm, could you repeat the question? I'm not sure. I totally gotcha. Um, so like, if, like, let's say you, you were working on, when you were working on things like for graphic design or just doodles in general for like show flyers or whatever, did you ever yeah. find that maybe a design you were working on sparked a lyric idea or maybe a lyric idea sparked an idea for an image to work on like a, a painting or a, a album cover or something right um you know i think i think a lot of times that kind of stuff is kind of subconscious and you're um and it just kind of seeps in in there so i can't think of anything that like overtly popped out to me like that but i think there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of the same sensibilities even uh just like with design like designing a, a poster let's say to writing a song as far as ideas of like structure juxtaposition of different 
elements, um, a flow of the way things go together, proportions of things. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of, uh, I, I guess, your skills in one definitely, even if they don't seem like they would apply, I think they really do to uh, to the other. And I, I'm sure it's not just like art and like visual art and music, but like you know anything. Like if you're an engineer and then you're whatever doing something completely other random but like that that engineer brain that you'd have would would make you do things differently than you know somebody else right um kind of i guess we'll start segueing into main reason i kind of want to talk to you as well is uh berserker fest you're approaching the fourth one your fourth annual um where did the idea for berserker fest come from um I think I guess there's a couple seats to that. Um, one being like I've I've always enjoyed. You know, some people don't like fests, and yeah, you know, and obviously there's different types of fests, uh, different sizes, and indoor, outdoor, and and all that. Um, I personally always enjoyed that kind of thing, and I think I just have a a, a nostalgia for for big shows, like when I was you know when. It, like in high school going to going to shows and it was there would be like at the Fillmore um, which was the state theater at the time right. in Detroit it shows that you know better like my very first show I ever went to it's kind of funny to think it's probably the biggest show I'll ever go to it was my <laughs> very first show when I was like 14 was uh, Metallica Guns N' Roses and Faith No More at the Silver Dome in Pontiac and uh, and that was like sold out 80,000 people or something as and so it's all been downhill from there, uh, but, but um, but I, I think I I something in me uh, I don't get too introspective, but uh, there's something in me that really yearns for the the meeting of the minds, the communal aspect of of uh, bigger shows. It's kind of mind blowing to be into a like a play. Like I think it's also you get so used to as you or, or I. Uh, experience uh, much smaller shows. You know, I'm, I'm typically playing like the one that you came out and saw me the other day. You know, just like whatever, more intimate little whatever. Uh, right. And we're from like a dozen to two hundred or something people, and uh, and it's great. But then, like, and then after you, or just that's then after that's your norm, and you go to like, oh, I'm gonna go see this bigger band. I haven't seen them in. 10 years and blah 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 and you go and you buy a ticket and you go see a show with like thousands of people at it yeah. and they're all focused on the same thing they all share this uh, this uh, this uh, one band that they're all everybody's about and so you have that in common with all these strangers in this room with you there's something kind of exciting and cool and, and I guess for me nostalgic about that um, so I think and, and, and so the fest it seems to be, it brings it brings out a lot of people, and uh, that are all into the same kind of stuff, and I I really like that. I like the idea of uh, having like people come out to see certain bands, but there's always that like discovery. You know, you're always like if you go to some sort of fest and you're like, yeah, I know I know some of the bands, some of these I don't know. Eh, I'll check this one out, and you're like get your mind blown, and then you have like a new band that you're going to follow until the end of their days or your days. Uh, that That's a really cool thing. So there there were certain fests that would happen, like uh, there's one called Michigan Fest yep. that was back in like the 
mostly my experience there was like late 90s and it was kind of in a kind of like the I guess more of the hardcore scene but it had all sorts of uh, stuff of the time and I really it was very DIY and uh, I really liked that one and then um, even stuff like the uh, this one that's still going like the uh, the Hamtramck blowout where they'd have like you know multiple venues and you're just running around from place to place I like that part of it too I like that there's whether it's multiple rooms in a building or multiple venues I like the whole thing like oh shit I gotta check the schedule oh man that band I wanted to see is going on five minutes let's get over there you know and then you're like oh fuck we gotta bail halfway through their set because this other band start you know right. that kind of thing is very different from a regular show and I like uh, I, I like that kind of, you know whatever it's just like a fun it makes it maybe more of a unique experience and I think it makes the night fly by too because uh, we'll have lots of bands play at Berserker in a single night and people are always surprised like fuck I can't believe I saw like a dozen bands in the time that usually I would see three bands and I'm not as tired as I usually am af after a show or whatever um, yeah that was so actually I think, you know going to all these kinds of shows uh, that kind of thing really did it and then the uh, I guess the other thing as far as an inspiration for it would have been that uh, I was starting to put together a uh totally unrelated other than it was like an event and a uh, kind of curating of, of uh, artists was uh, I would put together a poster tent at the DIY street fair and so the first year I did that I had kind of pitched them the idea like how about we do like one big tent and have like 10 artists that are all kind of doing the same type of thing all collected in there as opposed to just like in their own individual tents scattered throughout the, the craft fair right. and it ended up being a uh, a really cool thing everybody you know dug it as far as people attending it and people uh, that had booths in it and so then I had pitched the idea to uh, the same people that run the DIY street fair which is the people that own the, the web and the, the loving touch in Ferndale it's like hey how about we we uh, put together a little kind of punk and metal fest thing and we could do it at your your venues yada yada and and uh, and that was where it started um, yeah, Veronica was saying that because uh, obviously I talked to her earlier. She was saying that she admires that you somehow are able to get the lineups to where there's you can catch about 15, 10, 10, 15 minutes of every band and still be able to see every other band playing. And she has, she goes, it's really admirable because I have no clue how he's able to do it. Because I, I would look at it and just go, I have no clue how, how to even get this to work like that with the changeovers and all that going on. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, it's, for me, it's a fun challenge to put it together, and uh, and I think because I have go to so many shows that I just, I have my own sensibilities of how I would like it to flow, and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and I, I just kind of like, I'm basically just making it something that I want, and <laughs> I'm hoping that other people might, you know, <laughs> share those same sensibilities with me, and so far, it's, uh, it's, it's, it seems to work that's like the big as far as the scheduling of the bands and the, the, the overlapping of the sets and the where you put uh, which type of room you put certain bands in or which genres the different bands are in a certain order uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know like putting you know, putting together a mixtape right but you're but you're like with uh, with actual bands you know and, <laughs> and it's and it's like a tape that's gonna play out live and in, in front of everybody 
Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's yeah, something that maybe I have a knack for or just uh, enjoy doing, and it's, it's worked out ever since, every time. Had you had any experience really booking shows previous to the to, to doing Berserker Fest? Like, at least something on this scale? Because uh, as I had kind of mentioned on the, the previous podcast, um, be, doing booking myself, like, I know how much goes into booking one show. Right. You know, and the experiences that can mentally and physically can go into that just draining you. Uh, so I, I, it's still kind of hard for me to fathom how you put together something so so big uh, year in and year out. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my booking experience has all been very DIY uh, as far as me doing it. And uh, it's, it's mostly been, you know, booking my own band's tours. Uh, where there's you know child bite earlier years of child bite and uh, I had a uh, indie rock band before child bite called New Granada and we did some uh, touring too and that's where I, that was my first touring I ever did so I would got just kind of dove into that and uh, and then whenever we'd have local shows and I I guess as far as the local shows go a lot of it was maybe maybe there's berserker has more in common with uh whenever we're trying to put together like a special show like uh like a record release show or you know something like that where right. where you're like there's a little more care and uh uh time spent like put a little more thought into it than just like a a random show so um yeah i mean, so i guess i've booked a lot of shows but it's None of them have been anything that uh, anything that epic. Uh, it's um, yeah, but I kind of looked at it as like I just I had the idea and it's like just I, I think it, as with anything that's really big, like you're saying, it's hard to fathom at the size. I think it just ends up being more time. You know, it's like right. the difference of looking at like a sketch somebody did in five minutes or looking at some illustration that was like this crazy detail. And they're like, yeah, that took me a month. They're like, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, and it, it makes it not quite as intimidating or, or unimaginable when, uh, when you, when you see like, Oh, okay. That's how much time you spent. That, that was something that this is totally unrelated to the music stuff. But when I was starting to do more illustration for posters, kind of I was super intimidated by some of the other people out there and I was like oh man there's so much detail in what they did it's so fucking cool and my stuff's so like rudimentary compared to that and then I talked to people and they're like well yeah man I, mean, I spent like 40 hours drawing that and like, <laughs> oh yeah well mine I spent like four it's like <laughs> okay I so the, and, and it wasn't bad for four you know for having the tenth of the time so then I was like ooh I wonder what would happen if I spent 40 hours on something you know and which I've got mixed feelings on even then, and I'm start, I think I'm going to start backtracking and go simpler. But um, <laughs> but uh, but it's I think I think it does apply to this where you're like you're like man I've I've booked shows and it's I can't imagine doing that. Really well, we like what I've been saying lately is like we literally Bronk and I literally do something berserker related every day for like half of the year, and yeah. it's all just for this like one weekend, and uh. That's really all the booking I do now too, because I don't. I just don't it's it's as you are well aware. It's a uh, there's uh, it's a very um what's the term I'm looking for? Hopeless. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopeless. It's not uh, it's not it's not the most rewarding thing, you know, like, uh, uh, aspect of it. I mean, sometimes you'll have a show and it comes together and you're like, yeah, and that's and that's what we're hoping for, just to, for it to be a feel good thing in the end and 
you know, is it worth working six months on something that lasts fucking three days? I don't know. But until whatever, for now, yes, the answer is yes. And that's where, <laughs> so that's why we keep doing it. And when the answer becomes no, maybe we'll change our mind. Uh, what, a. You said that you kind of work on it over the, over six months. How soon, when it's done, do you start working on the next one? Is it something you just pick up as soon as it's done? Like now we got to start focusing on the next one, or do you take a little time to bask in the whole thing and and kind of decompress from from everything that went into it and give yourself a little break, or do you just kind of ride the high right into the, the next year? You know, I mean, so far we've we definitely done the the take a break, um, bask in it, or and or I guess you. Could, recover from it type of thing because it does you know it kind of takes over where what we're you know our 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 mindset for for quite a while so uh i know but i know a lot of fests do jump right into it like you'll see like a like a maryland death fest it'll be like maybe maybe a month after the festival ends they're like here's the lineup for next year and like jesus (laughs) man that's that's kind of crazy but but i mean i you know, he those guys are super professional. They know what they're doing, obviously. <laughs> so maybe we'll get to that point sometime. But as of now, no, we don't just dive right in. We always have like these lists of bands, and like the band, uh, you know, there's so many bands that we ask to do this that um, want to do it, but it's like, oh, it doesn't work out with our schedule. We got a tour right before then, or we're right. gonna be in the studio, or blah 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 joey whatever the fuck is it gonna be on tour with this other band and blah blah blah. there's like a million reasons why sometimes we don't get the bands that we want to get uh initially but eventually we get them you know so it's just like we put them we like all right we'll just put them on the wish list for next year and we'll try again and uh so i I think there's always it's it'll, it'll you know as long as we're doing this thing it'll always be something that like you know, every day we're probably like thinking about, or like, oh, what would we want to do different, or should we start reaching out to this person now? But um, the way it is right now, we'll we'll probably take a, a few months off, and uh, yeah, at least like three months or so, and try to just not even touch it at all, and then and then uh, and then start it all up again. You had posted on your Facebook, or maybe it was the the event page Facebook, but regardless. Um, you had put on there how Booking Guar was kind of like a, a dream kind of band to get, and you've you've gotten them now. Are there other bands that you have on like your wish list that you like, uh, like a Guar, like where you've admired for so long, and and now you're able to get them and work with them? Are there? What was it? Are there? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> This is what happens when you have two polite people. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, it's yeah, it's um. I mean, as far as getting Guar, yes, that was. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a big deal. I think. I mean, there's, as with most people, there's. I mean, there's, not that I don't listen to new music stuff, but there's, there's still a lot of music from my teenage years. You know, just like that, that whole thing that's going on on Facebook right now. Everybody's talking about like, there's, there's a still a lot of those records that I'll keep going back to. And, um, and appreciate more and more over the years and, and, and get to like listen to in a new context like as an adult versus as a kid is kind of interesting and uh, but yeah Guar was definitely a, it was a, a big one that was one that like it's kind of cool when, you know, way back when you're a kid and 
and music can be scary. Do you remember that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, I remember, like, for watching Headbangers Ball, uh, and they had a video for Guar's uh, Gore Gore uh, <laughs> a, a song with the Tyrannosaurus and all this stuff, and they're talking, I don't remember their that out there, so I got the album, and they're, it's all about the, it's these crazy aliens, like, like, doing crack and blow and, and fucking babies and shit, and you're just like, oh my, I'm just listening to this as a kid, and just like, what the fuck, <laughs> this is, this is, they, it's like the kind of thing that you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be listening to this. That's how I felt yeah. with a portrait of American family. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, uh. Yeah, I don't know. So for for better or worse, uh, yeah, they were one of the bands that kind of helped mold me a little bit. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, having uh being able to get them for this thing is is you know is definitely a big deal. I'm sure there's there's uh, and and that just falls into that thing like I was saying earlier, where it's like I'm just putting together something for myself and or you know or at least from my perspective, like like when I'm trying to help pick the bands for it and and working with everybody else but what i'm bringing to the table personally is what you know what i want to see and what i think would you work will. the best so uh yeah so it's yeah it's more of just uh doing that and i yeah i think it's i, I think it's awesome and where was i'm sure there's gonna be other bands like in the future that we're, we're gonna try and get and uh a lot of those you know it's 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 always gonna be a big mix of bands you know for this thing too so it's we're always trying to have like smaller bands bigger bands like bands that have been around for 30 years or bands that are like you know brand new right. and uh so yeah i think it's always gonna like kind of have that mix but uh but having bands that you know obviously are something that you like grew up on and listened to whatever like 25 years ago is there's gonna be some sort of little personal gratification come out of that um i'm gonna kind of slowly start wrapping this up since i know you guys got to get on the road here pretty soon um i talked like i said i talked with veronica earlier and we discussed kind of you the two of you uh recently in the last year or so kind of when uh tiny house living with uh getting like a an airline is that what they're called like the little uh rv type things yeah or campers or whatever they are yeah so uh, for those that maybe didn't listen to the other one with Veronica and are listening to this one first, uh, Veronica is your wife, and she also is the booking agent for Child Bite, among a lot of other bands. Um, but you guys also work on Berserker Fest together and some other work in, as a whole for your agency stuff, like your ad stuff. So what's it like working so closely with, with your wife day in and day out? It's... Uh... You know, it it's it's been good, and uh, I I think if it hadn't been good, then we would have gotten divorced, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like it's just, or or minimized our time together. And not to say that there's not times where it's just like I'm getting on her nerves, and she's just like, "Can you step out of the room for a minute? Because you suck right now." And that uh, that does happen, but surprisingly, it's for the most part, it's good. You know, we have one car. So we, you know, we have to share that, and but luckily we're we're most of the time we're going to the same places because we're doing we like to do the same things either going to shows together or uh, or you know going to work together obviously uh, and uh, yeah and we about uh, maybe two and a half years ago something like that we bought this uh, camper uh, it's an Avion like 
camper, but it look yeah, it looks a lot like an Airstream. It's the same kind of deal, just a different company made it. And uh, and we bought one of those. She had the idea. She was telling me about tiny house stuff, and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Not really. Paying attention. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I'm serious. Like we should do this. I'm like, well, okay, it's looking into it. And I was like, that's cool, but uh, maybe from me touring so much, I was like, I just I still have the the you know the travel bug and and she does too and so i was like hey, maybe instead of the tiny house which yeah it's on wheels but you're supposed to kind of put it somewhere and then it hooks up to the shit i was like what if we got a camper and it uh, you know and we're just can move around as much as we want and she's like yeah but like in her head it was kind of like like fucking cousin eddie from christmas vacation <laughs> shitter's full kind of thing she's like i don't know it's like i don't think it's gonna be like grandpa's dusty old you know camper and I was like well let's do a google search for camper renovation and take a look at whatever the fuck pops up and there was some good stuff and she's like oh yeah I guess you can do whatever you want with it said, yes so that's why I picked the one that was kind of like an airstream type thing just because we like the exterior of it it's something that we can pull up somewhere and not be ashamed of saying <laughs> that it's our home and then we uh and then the inside we just totally we liked the, the layout of this one that we got, and uh, we actually had to travel all the way to New Hampshire to pick it up because most of the ones we were finding didn't have this particular layout. So we went there, got this one, and then spent, uh, I don't know, maybe half a year or so renovating it, just new floors, new you know, new coat of paint, like everything, you know, appliances, uh, you know, change the couch, change the bed, all that stuff. And it's... Uh, yeah, so it's something that we're really comfortable with, and and that was that was another sort of like what you're saying. How is it being spending so much time together? Also, just living in small quarters was like a going to be a mystery, like that we were about to unravel together because <laughs> we uh we had just lived in houses, you know, the whole time, apartments or houses together, and then we were so we were going from like a thousand square foot house to a two hundred fifty square foot camper with just you know us and our dogs and we we're just saying like, i don't know how this is going to go but let's we we're both willing to take a leap of faith with it and give it a shot and it's it was totally fine you know you got it it's definitely an adjustment but it's it was nothing it wasn't like we're whatever going crazy in, in such small quarters it just kind of felt fine it was just different so and i, I like the, the simplifying of things and i really enjoyed getting rid of most of my stuff <laughs> and uh, and minimizing what I have in my life because I don't know, I just I had you know just like everybody I've got a lot of stuff and it's cool stuff but then I'm so freaking busy that I don't have time to enjoy or use any of it so everything's kind of like in piles and collecting dust and still in the shrink wrap and I'm just like this it, it made me feel guilty and weird like why am I getting this stuff if I it's you know, I literally don't have time to do anything with it, so right. that that was part of the whole downsizing move as well. And uh, so yeah, so we were doing that last last winter. We did it the way that we planned, which was we just were working freelance from the road, and we you know went south with the birds, and and uh, <laughs> we were set up in like South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, stuff like that for for the winter, and uh, and it was it was great. But anybody that works, you know, strictly freelance can appreciate that. Like not having a steady paycheck can be tough. And so then we're like, ah, we did this for a little while. Well, we switch it up again, and we so we came back up, and we're working at the 
the ad agency Commonwealth in Detroit and it's been really great it's an awesome place to work and so we both just happen to have jobs there and it works works well man yeah I I was telling her I, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between uh, the two of you and my wife and I at this point because you, you two don't have kids either but like you guys right. are constantly like the it seems like the, as Veronica was saying like the thrill of adventures and, and going and doing things kind of spontaneously still appeals to you like it you did when you guys had first met uh yeah i feel like you know it's it's nice seeing someone another couple that's you know got a lot of years under their belt that kind of is very much how i envision you know my wife and i living our life where it's like you know it's not by any standard set of rules per se and if we want to get excited about going to see a show in you know cleveland or something and just want to go like we can uh and it seems like it kind of shucks the traditional norms of what you're supposed to do. Like, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you do all these things. So it's kind of nice to see other people being successful uh, with just kind of going all in with, with the two of them and their relationship and, and just kind of, you know, doing their own yeah, thing. Yeah, man. No, I, we've, uh, I guess, neither of us was were against having kids. It's just neither of us was it a big thing. And I was like, I mean... From my perspective, it seems like having kids will be maybe, uh, I'm sure it's very gratifying and it's like, quote unquote, the most important thing you end up doing in your life for people that do that. But it also <laughs> looks like a big pain in the ass and there's so much can go wrong. Your kid can suck or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, the thing no one so, wants to say. It's so hard and uh, very, uh, you know, if you think being a fucking show promoters a thankless job i think being a parent i'm sure is like a hundred times worse so <laughs> <laughs> most of the time half the time i don't know but um it was just something we were both like well if neither of us feel that strongly about it then why are we just doing it just because we're supposed to yeah you know and that, that, and that seemed like a terrible reason to, to have kids so uh i yeah, so be... we just opted for the four-legged furry kids that you're that you can stick in a cage if you need to leave for the day and uh uh and that then that, that works out just fine for us i feel like the the thing that most people are afraid to say and i have no qualms about saying it is i'm just selfish right now like i want to do a lot of things and having a child would not allow me to do them yeah no that's, I, I, yeah it's, it's <laughs> that's true. not it's, the popular I thing mean, to say I, I guess i mean i think i mean sure it, it's selfish but it's also like you have this one life why shouldn't you do with it what you want to do like why why sacrifice it if uh, like well, you don't have to <laughs> we're not at a time it's not a time like it was whatever back in our like whatever hundreds of years ago where you're like you have to procreate to keep the to, you know to keep the whatever the family going and keep you know whatever like workforce creating people we need to keep creating people it's our duty or whatever right. it's like dude there's way too many people right now like it is. <laughs> you know like let the other people and that, i mean that's the only thing that ends up being kind of weird i think is like it seems like there's people like you're saying like there's there's people that are really great and interesting smart people that would would make great parents but they're just like nah i don't think i'm gonna do that with my life and but so the people that are making them are the ones that just don't know how to pull out in time, and then they end up having like eight honey boo boos that are, I don't know, adding a questionable amount of value to the planet, and uh, 
So, yeah, it might, that, that whole documentary called Idiocracy yep. seems to, to indeed be becoming a reality, and then we will, yeah, we'll definitely have a, <laughs> a world full of the people that were just made on accident more so, just because other people are smart enough to, to not. Um, I guess in closing, um, what are you most looking forward to with Berserker Fest this year, and and uh, what is your favorite memory of the like, what the fest has done so far? Like, what's your favorite standout memory? Yeah, um, looking forward to most. I think this this year is different because, like, we had the Curlfoot people involved last year, but they came in kind of midstream and it switched venues from the Loving Touch over to the Masonic, and it was really cool. It was and uh, Masonic uh, is a is a really obviously like a, a rad building and a really cool place to to go see something, especially where we were doing it, which was some rooms that they in the east wing that they hardly ever use. Right. So pretty much everybody that went to Berserker had never been in those rooms before. So it was almost like a a new venue in Detroit that is like a hundred years old or whatever. You know, a kind of a weird thing. <laughs> um, but uh, so but this what I'm really looking forward to this year is doing it like now we've had been able to do a berserker with the crowfoot in involvement straight from the get-go and i know that place just because we used to play those uh Chabot used to play those creepy cheapy halloween shows there the right. first few years that they did them and it's the three stage thing so it's very similar so this place is it's set up perfect for it's the perfect size and, and layout for for what I've, I've always wanted to do with Berserker, so without having to change the formula, right. you know, much other than making it a little bit bigger. So, I'm I'm just, oh I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just yeah, really looking forward to you know, just like anything that you'd spend a lot of time putting together and then sharing with people. You're just kind of looking forward to seeing how it plays out and uh, and and uh, hoping. Uh, whatever resonates with people and the reaction is good. Uh, obviously, want to have want people to have have a good time. I know it's going to be good, but as far as if everybody else thinks so, you know, that's yet to be decided. Um, so yeah, just seeing this one play out with this with the tweaks that we've made, uh, just very curious. You know, because you can always make something better, and I think this I think this will be the best one. So that's that's that. But as far as memories. Um, I mean, getting ready for this last berserker was pretty crazy. It was that we were, like I said, Brock and I were down south with our camper, and then we had to travel back up. I had a tour with Chavite had a tour of Poison Idea, so we came back in time for that. And then berserker was maybe two weeks later, maybe even less. So uh, we were staying at our our friends Mark and Muriel Rudolph uh, in Hamtramck. We were staying in their attic guest room. Because it was just too cold out to be living in the camper, we left it down south somewhere at the time. And uh, uh, I was, well, I wanted to start adding some new, like some like kind of art pieces to to Berserker that last year. And uh, like some, I was kind of influenced, by, uh, yeah, inspired by the um, Theater Bazaar. Right. And uh, the guy John Donovan, the art artist that does all that stuff, and he had these crazy, like giant, like wood painted wood pieces and i knew i wasn't gonna be able to go uh super crazy i didn't have a lot of time and it was a new new i've never done anything like that before anyway so it was kind of a new thing but uh so that's 
the week leading up to Berserker last year, I was in, in my buddy's Hamtramck attic, and I hauled a bunch of wood up there, and I was trying to make an eight-foot wide Berserker head, and so it's just like I had this like shitty little projector with the projecting the artwork onto this big plywood canvas I had put together, and and uh, you know it's like cramped up there, and I'm trying to like get the projector far enough away to make it big enough. I actually had to do it half, like the left side and then the right side, because I couldn't project the whole thing big enough, just because yeah. the room wasn't big enough, and uh, and just kind of painting that and just take but at the same time it's, like, it's fun because it's a new or oh, i've never done this before and it's getting ready for our big crazy festival that's about to happen and i'm staying at my buddy's house and just kind of taking stock of where you're at with your life like you know so it's not it's not even good or bad it's just kind of like this is interesting you know i don't <laughs> know <laughs> like if 10 years ago i would have thought i would be doing what i'm doing right now in this scenario and uh yeah, just yeah. I think I, I, that'd probably be the. That's a good memory for that one. Uh, in closing, um, any of the socials or where can everyone find stuff for Berserker? Oh, uh, you can get all the info you need. Uh, it's berserkerdetroit.com, and I think people people uh, people's brains don't like to spell Berserker properly, so I'll just I'll lay it out for them. B E R S-E-R-K-E-R Detroit.com and uh, right now there's, yeah, there's not a ton of info up there. We have a new website that we're going to launch this week and uh, and it uh, yeah should give everybody a little taste of each band so they can uh, uh, maybe get excited about some of the, these other bands that they don't know too much yet. That's kind of always our goal. Is like, obviously, there's gonna be headliners that people know. Then there's all these other bands that we put in there that most people aren't familiar with. And my hope is that you know it's you're a couple months away, and you're like, oh, I'll check. It. I'm gonna maybe go check out a song by a couple of the bands that are playing that I don't know, and some of them you might really like. And then you can go check out their album wherever. And then by the time the fest comes around, it's it's falls into the category of bands that you were looking forward to seeing and uh yeah so there's a little bit of everything up it's going to be up there this week and uh yeah that's it i'm excited veronica had uh said that you guys were doing uh i guess it'll be because she announced it on the podcast itself so i'm not like spoiling anything but she had said that uh you guys are doing a mead uh to coincide with berserker fest that'll be available only there yeah yeah, the Sellermans, uh Yeah, yeah, we're working. On, I, I think most of the details are pretty figured out. But yeah, that's. I think that's another thing is like every year, other than like tweaking things, you're also trying to like add stuff. So just like coming up with like, oh, what would be a cool other aspect that we haven't thought of yet? And uh, yeah, that was one that she had. And have and you she's guys kind tried? Of just been spearheading. Have you guys tried a? batch of it yet or is it just a you'll no get it I, I don't think says. it's I don't even think it's made yet they've talked about what ingredients they're going to use and, and the idea of it but uh, I think they're still just in the process of of, uh, of creating it okay so did you guys have any hand in picking kind of what you wanted or you just totally trusted them to, to make um, something uh, more so like Veronica had, have, had a couple meetings with them and uh, it wasn't us really like we want you to put this in and that in like I, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, of the mindset, like, let the people that know what they're doing do it. Like, work with people that 
that are really good at what they do and trust them. And uh, so it's just it was more us like just talking it out with them and then bringing up like, oh, we could do this and we could do that. And in general, if it, like I said, if it's somebody that you trust and, and uh, knows what they're doing, it's going to be like, yeah, you get it. That sounds awesome. Go for it. Well, that's awesome. Looking forward to uh, hopefully making it out to the, the fest and the meet, actually. is a good selling point for me because it's always interesting when uh, things like that are paired with a with a festival or a band or whatever. It seems to be the new thing, so which I'm totally on board for. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a cool new thing, and we'll uh, and um, and then hopefully it goes well, and we can maybe just every year do a new one or, or something like that. See how it goes, and, and uh, just kind of let the the idea unfold organically. Right. Well, I uh, I'll let you get back to uh, hitting the road. Um, you guys are. Uh, on tour, how, how long does that go? In case anyone listens, to yeah, this we catch just it? tonight is uh, day day three of the Super Joint tour, um, and it goes all the way until I think our final show with Super Joint is February fifth. So we still got a I don't know, like maybe three weeks, something, two and a half, something like that left. And uh, yeah, we're in Texas right now, and then it mo- all the dates are up on the child child by like Facebook and website and all that. But um, most of it's uh, most of it's gonna be up in the Midwest, you know, like uh, yeah, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan. So uh, yeah, but and some in the South. We're in Texas right now. The the final dates are down to, like Florida and uh, New Orleans. Well, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, safe travels out on the road. Sounds good, John. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you as well. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm going to end the podcast with a song from Childbite off their new record, Negative Noise. The song is called Vermin Mentality. Uh, There's a pretty sweet video they just released for it with uh, Bill Mosley from Devil's Rejects and a lot of the other Rob Zombie films. Uh, Of note to this podcast, actually, uh, Sean actually did the album work for the new record that Bill and uh, Housecore record owner Phil Anselmo are putting out soon. Um, so if you like this song, uh, go give Child Bite a, a like on their Facebook page or go see him on tour. And uh, be on the lookout for that uh, new project from Phil and Bill Mosley. Enjoy. I'm gonna go.